Good afternoon and welcome to the week seven edition of the Prep Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Linder, Jeff Johnson here, KJ Pilcher with Hercules over his right shoulder. And, uh, you know, we'll hit it here in just a moment. Uh, you know, I think this, this is the week the weather turns. Um, shorts weather is going to be behind us tomorrow and uh, uh, might be umbrella weather from uh, from what we're hearing, but uh, definitely light to, to medium jacket with highs in, or yeah, highs in the fifties tomorrow. It's, uh, it's football weather. It's uh, combine the corn and beans weather, and it's almost playoff weather. Um, just your thoughts about uh, last week and this week and um, where we're standing, guys. Almost done. Can you believe it? I mean, we say this all the time, right? But, I mean, for crying out loud, we're, in, we're down here. The two more games left for the small schools, three for the big schools. I mean, to me, this is it's just – it's unbelievable how this is – just flown by and we say it every year and it, it just continues to be true. And like you said, Lindy, it's, it's finally maybe going to start feeling a little bit like football weather. So um, that's good. Playoffs are right, literally right around the corner. And uh, this is, uh, this is where, uh, this is where it all starts to, to get really interesting from my perspective, I guess. You know, you guys talk about how the season is just drastically you know, every year it seems like it goes by a little bit quicker, right? And just while, J.J., while you were talking, I I kind of got to thinking about, uh, you know, my senior year and kind of the feeling that, you know, that you have when you're going through something like this. And, you know, when, when you've been – when you're a senior and you're playing – you've been playing football since you were in fifth grade and – now some probably even younger, but um, then all of a sudden you get to the point where there's three games of the regular season left. And then I remember walking away from from Prairie to the bus um, after our last regular season game. And, of course, we didn't make the playoffs that year. We were number 17 out of 16. And I just remembered kind of the empty feeling thinking, it's over you know, and going back and remembering junior high games and freshman games, and sophomore games and everything in between and some of the practices where you're like, you know, oh, crap, I wish this was over. And for it to, to come down, you never really appreciated what you went through till it was done. And I still remember that walk from where the visitor uh, uh, locker rooms were to the bus um, out at Prairie, and, you know, my advice to, to seniors out there, whether you have two games left or three games left or finish your season up in the Unidome, make sure to soak everything in. Same with parents, you know. Uh, each one of these nights, make sure to take around, you know, take a look around and, and just soak it in because fr- football Friday nights are not – that's that's not replicated by by very many events in your life, you know. Um, so when you're, you know, you've got these games on Friday nights kind of going forward tonight, Thursday night, Kennedy and Hempstead, I'll be at Kingston, but soak in those moments. Soak in those nights because, you know, it goes by so fast, you don't appreciate it as much as you should, and then when it's over, you realize 
that's something you're not going to experience again. As a player, KJ, how, how fast did that? How, how fast does nine weeks go as a player? I mean, it, it, well, compare it, it to as a player to to now. The, depends on uh, depends on the week, really. Um, you know, there are some weeks that seem like they would never end, especially when you're coming off maybe a butt kicking or something like that. But right now, it seems to move a lot faster um, while you're in the middle of it. Uh, when you're done with the season and you look back and then you just, when you're able to, uh, when you're a little bit removed, then you realize how quickly it went, you know, like it, when you play that last game in October or, or even November, um, and then you look back and, and realize, you know, that's been, that's been two and a half, three months or whatever. Uh, it seems like it was a blur um, from when you, you started, you know, like summer camps or preseason practices and and stuff like that to, to when it's over. So um, when you're in the midst of it, you know, there's a, there's a, sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it seems to drag on depending on how things are going. But afterwards, you realize how quickly it really zoomed by. And, of course, now it just seems to accelerate faster and faster with each season um we'll kind of go through um the three games we covered last week i guess i'll go ahead and go first i was at uh, kingston last week i covered kennedy's uh 34 14 win over bettendorf and uh, uh uh i gotta find the quote it was one of the better ones i've seen uh trevor scott said this is kennedy football and this train isn't going to stop for nobody and boy i'll tell you the uh the engines are starting to roll over uh, over at Wenig in, in 42nd. Uh, you know, they were 0-2. Now they're 4-2. Uh, they got Hempstead tonight. Um, they spotted Bettendorf the first touchdown, and then they scored the next four uh, and handed Bettendorf the first loss. Uh, they had two running backs with um, uh, 100, 100 yards plus each. Uh, they passed for 150, so um, – they're rolling right now, and this is, I think, now the kind of team that you guys both expected at the beginning of the year. As Coach Prime would say, we coming? They coming. Isn't that kind of what, yeah. Uh, and that's the second week in a row, Lindy, where they had two running backs with over 100-plus yards because the yeah. week before against City High, um, you know, Doyle and and, uh, and Scott have been a nice little combination there, and they're so big up front. And, we all know that. And, you know, Vinny and Forte, Cyrus Courtney, it gives them a, a legit passing combo as well. They're very difficult um, to stop uh, from an offensive standpoint. And like you said, seems to be coming together. And uh, I would expect to win tonight probably pretty handily, even though Hempstead's had a had a decent season. But uh, this is, like you said, uh, we'll see how this uh, continues on. But right now it looks like they're really, uh, really putting it together. And, Guys, too, I mean, they didn't get to practice Monday because of the unfortunate deal here in town. Uh, you wonder how one less day of preparation might, um, you know, might uh, might play into things, especially in a short week, right? But you got the, you know, they got practice in Sunday, apparently. Um, you know, maybe that'll counteract. But I'll just throw in, without any knowledge of what may have been done Monday, 
uh, if you don't think there are some seniors grabbing one another and saying, hey, uh, let's head out to Norridge and and run some stuff. If you don't think there is some kind of workout Monday, um, you, you know, be a little naive. But uh, um, I'm sure they got some, whether it was captain's led or something. I, I bet you they met up somewhere and got some type of work in. And I'm just going to piggyback what you guys have kind of said with the pieces being put together. You know, um, you've seen kind of the, you know, the, the involvement from week one, you know, uh, throwing the ball a lot. And then all of a sudden teams see how effective they are throwing the ball, change things up. And now they're, you know, that passing game has opened up things in the run game in the last few weeks. And now you have this this balanced attack really clicking on all cylinders now, and they've shown they can run, they can pass. The defense has really come along here in recent weeks as well. I mean, this is just – I think both of you said, you know, putting the pieces together where it's this, connect, connect that, and then now everything is hooked up and, boy, really high on Kennedy going forward. Kennedy jumped from, uh, I think there were eight last week to tie for three in our Gazette poll this week. So that's, uh, we all kind of took note of what uh, Kennedy did last week and uh, they make a big, made a big jump. Um, JJ, tell us about your game last week. Uh, yeah, Xavier North Scott. It was a, it was a heck of a tilly. Um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm using uh hockey term. It's, it's hockey season, boys. So, um, But yeah, I mean, and North Scott scored uh, on its first couple of possessions, and uh, you know, did pretty much whatever it wanted to do. Uh, you know, in the first half, most of the first half, Kyler Girardi's a wonderful quarterback for them. Really, really has quick feet. Reminds me a little bit of Quinn Schulte when he was he was at Xavier, and uh, um, you know, it was twenty one seven, I believe, and. You know, Xavier then just started ground and pound and went on a long drive, scored, cut the deficit, kept the ball away from North Scott, uh, you know, for about seven minutes of the second quarter and then got the, the scored right before the half, got uh, got the ball back to start the third quarter, went on a long drive. So, I mean, it was almost a quarter that North Scott went without, um, without the ball. And that really kind of changed the momentum of the game and uh, – you know, then uh, Girardi got hurt. Sorry, I have a, a little kitty that keeps jumping on my on my screen here. Um, <laughs> he uh, and, and I mean the, the everything just kind of flipped, and uh, you know Xavier uh, Xavier was able to to score late, get a get a stop, and and win twenty seven what twenty twenty seven twenty one I believe it was so. Great game. Two really good teams. Uh, Kyler Girardi, as I mentioned, the North Scott quarterback got hurt late on their final drive on a non-contact injury. I've heard it's an ankle and not a knee, uh, and I hope that's true because he's, like I said, he's a really good player. Um, kind of makes that team go. And Xavier just, you know, Pilch, I mean, they they, uh, they moved Colton, what, Colton Beasler-Weber uh, from running back to wide receiver and, and brought in uh, Noah Schimberg to be the running back to kind of get things maybe uh, going a little bit offensively, it seems to have worked. So, um, 
you know, we've talked all year about 4A and how crazy it is. And, uh, you know, from what I've seen, I you can't discount either one of those teams that I saw Friday night from, from maybe being there at the end. Yeah, especially if uh, if Girardi is able to find his way back on the field between now and and week 10. So, uh, KJ, you had a game Thursday and a game Friday? Yeah, Thursday I was at Kingston uh, for uh, Jefferson, Iowa City West. Um, you know, uh, Jefferson looking to rebound from uh, uh, the, their first loss of the season to uh, Washington the week before, but this one, you know, Pretty much all Iowa City West. Of course, Jefferson was out without uh, their senior quarterback Jeremiah Pfeiffer. Uh, he was injured, unable to play against the Trojans, and and Jeff really needed him. Uh, Iowa City West won 44-0. Got a really strong game out of Jack Wallace, uh, the junior quarterback there, threw for over 160 yards and a touchdown. But uh, the one person that I really kind of came away uh, really. Uh, impressed with was Santana Miller um, from West. Uh, he scored uh, uh, offensively rushing the ball. Uh, he blocked the punt, scooped it up, and ran it in for a touchdown. Uh, and then in the in the second half, uh, he intercepted a pass and ran it back about, uh, oh, 65 yards maybe or so um, for a touchdown. You know, 84 yards for a touchdown. Um, I tell you, he, he's a difference maker for him um, and, and does it in all phases of the game. I know a lot of Coach Hartig said, Hartwig said they, uh, they're looking to get more, uh, you know, possibly more touches for him offensively. Um, but defensively, he, Hartwig said Miller's one of the hardest hitters that they've ever had. And, uh, you know, he's been there through a lot of really good teams, and, and that's saying a lot um, with the tradition that West has. But um just thought, uh, you know, West was definitely the better team there. Um, Jefferson just doesn't have the depth, so they need all, all hands on deck pretty much. Uh, hopefully, Pfeiffer is able to come back. Um for them, but the Trojans uh, looked really impressive with that dominant win last Thursday. And then I was out at Marion um, on Friday for the the four A uh, matchup between Western Dubuque and Marion, and and I tell you what, uh, Western Dubuque looked really really good. You know, Marion uh, coming off two uh, really impressive wins, um, and their stadium is phenomenal, by the way. Um, you know, yep. love the new stadium that they have out there. Uh, it, it's just the right size and, and has all the bells and whistles. Um, it's a heck of an experience. So if you're, even if you're a general football fan and Marion's got a home game, make sure to wander out there sometime when you can, cause it's, uh, uh, it's a pretty, uh, a pretty neat facility. Um, and of course, you know, Western Dubuque, you know, we, we've known how strong they are. We know that a lot of people kind of focus on uh, Grant Glauser um, and what he does as a running back. He, you know, he averaged 5.6 yards of carry uh, just inside uh, or just under 100 yards um, and scored a touchdown. But 
this team is not, I think my lead pretty much was, this is not a one-trick pony. You know, Western Dubuque has a lot of thoroughbreds that can make, that can make plays and they showed it, um, you know, quarterback Tanner Anderson, um, really taking command of the offense and spreading the ball around. He threw for 184 yards, um, and touchdowns to the three receivers. Uh, Brock Carpenter had a big 60 yard, uh, TD pass towards the end of the first half. Uh, so they have that big playmaking ability. Uh, Carpenter also returned a punt for a touchdown. Um, Hunter Quagliano uh, reeled in a touchdown pass. So did Ryan Digman. So they've got a lot of weapons and a lot of guys to get the ball to. They're tough and physical up front, um, you know, on their defense. Marion had put up a lot of yards, I think, in the last two or three weeks. Um, and they really stifled it. They only uh, allowed one pass completion for five yards in the first half. And, and that's pretty – uh, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, them coming away with a 35-7 lead or win, um, boy, I tell you what, uh, I'm jumping on the Western Dubuque bandwagon because um, they look pretty strong. All right. Uh, before we go into this week a little bit, uh, the, the playoff picture is starting to take shape a little bit, uh, especially from 2A on down, um, just kind of kind of – Go from class to class here. We'll start with 5A. Uh, we'll stay local. Um, right now, Kennedy's sitting at number six in the RPI. Uh, Prairie is 11. Linmar's 14. Iowa City West is 15. City High is on the other side of the uh, the top 16 line there at 18. Um, if the playoffs started, if, if the playoffs were today, uh, it'd be Kennedy against Prairie in the round in in the first round wouldn't that be kind of fun with Kyle Knock and <laughs> and all that so can um, find a few angles to go with there oh yeah right? yeah we can kind of, we can <laughs> find a lot but uh, I think if Kennedy wins out they'll probably rise another spot or two maybe um, you know Prairie I would think Prairie would be in if they win two of their last three if they win all three I think they've got a good shot at hosting first round. Uh, I think both Linmar and, and West are in the position if they would go, if they could get to five and four, they would probably both get in. And uh, I don't know, City High is kind of on that other side. They might have to go six and three to get in. So that's kind of where we're sitting now in five and four uh, a region two uh, decor and Western Dubuque are both two and oh in that district and they still play each other. Uh, 4A district three clear, clear Creek and man and Xavier both two and oh, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Xavier and North Scott are by far the two best teams in that district. Uh, Xavier and CCA still have to play. Uh, 3A3, Independence and West Delaware are both 2-0. and I think they play – do they play next week in Week 8? Uh, if so, that uh, whether it's Week 8 or Week 9, that would be a dandy. Uh, 3A4 – go ahead, KJ, sorry. Who, who is that that you're wondering playing Week 8? Uh, West Delaware and Andy. Uh, West Delaware and Andy. Oh, okay. Del Buck or Bel Buck Dell or whatever they call it in in uh, in wrestling that that trophy up there. Del Buck. Uh, yeah. So, um, and that's with the uh, the growth of Independence's program. That's really turned into a fun rivalry in football. Yeah, Indy uh, finishes with Maquoketa, West Delaware, and CPU in its final three weeks. 
Okay, gotcha. That matchup with West Delaware is at Brown Field in Manchester. All right. I think it was last year as well. Uh, 3A4, Mount Vernon's 2-0. and uh, They've kind of got control of that district now by virtue of their win over Assumption last week. Assumption's one of, one of four teams that are 1-1 one and one there. Uh, 3A5, we'll touch on this, and KJ is going to be at this game on uh, on Friday. Williamsburg and Solon, both 2-0. and uh, The winner of that, district, that game on Friday is, uh, definitely has the inside track to that district championship. Um, ben, uh, Solon came away with a 16-13. Uh, double overtime win over Benton last week to uh, uh, to you know get into the position that it's in uh, this week with another big challenge. Uh, KJ, what do you what do you look for uh, in that game on on Friday? Well, I just want to I just want to be open and honest about uh, maybe my uh, my attitude towards uh, Solon here. Um, when they were when they got handled by assumption in the opening game, um, and then I think beat Clear Creek maybe seven three yeah. or something. I had I had kind of written them off a little bit. Um, to tell you the truth, I kind of thought, oh, okay, well, you know, this is uh, um, this is a rebuilding year or. Or what have you, but uh, I tell you what, they've really uh, they've really bounced back and have been impressive. It just seems to be growing each week. You know, Tyler Bell. Um, I I think uh, maybe that uh, Solon uh, offense versus that Williamsburg defense. I think that's where this game is going to hinder or kind of hinge on. Um, you know, what they've been able to do, um, you know, a fairly balanced attack where Solon has rushed for 900 yards this season, thrown for 720. Tyler Bell, their leading uh, uh, passer, 708 yards, um, seven touchdowns. But he's also had five picks. And, you know, that's where, uh, you know, those ball hawks on Williams for defense, uh, you know, the – the Heitmans, the Weijans, the Weisskops uh, of the world, they really uh, kind of earn their paychecks, right? Um, so that's going to be interesting. See if Solon can uh, really pound the ball and um, maybe keep it out of Williamsburg's offense hand. You know, the, the Williams Williamsburg offense hands. Um, that actually last week we found out um, it's in somebody else's hands with uh, – you know, uh, their starter Cockrell uh, getting hurt, but Derek Weisskopf comes in, throws a touchdown pass on his very first um, snap under center, ended up throwing for three touchdowns after catching one from Cockrell before he re-aggravated his ankle injury. So um, I think those are some things to kind of look at, kind of how that Solon offense handles the Williamsburg defense. And then, you know, what are the Raiders going to be able to do uh, offensively, if they have to move pieces around and kind of make up for injuries, so really looking forward to that one. And of course, um, you know, the the district uh, district title is really gonna come into come into focus there for one of those two teams after getting that win. Uh, we'll go to two a three. Um, that's turned into a really 
um, balanced district. Um, I'll tell you, a team that's really come on is, is Wakan. And, you know, they're always, always good. That, uh, right? What's that? Imagine that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's I a think that's another time. one of those teams that maybe got overlooked with early season. You know, yeah. those first two weeks. I yeah. at least on, on my end, um, one of those teams that you saw the results and you're like, okay, th this is a down year for them. And yeah, how many times know. have we said that before with them? Yeah, and then look yeah, where they're at. Exactly. Again. Yeah. So Wakan Crestwood North Fayette Valley are in a three way tie there in two a three. And, uh, you know, once you get to 2A, 2A down to A, four teams from each district make the playoffs. So I think all three of those are in pretty good shape. Uh, 2A4, I don't think there's much doubt that Monticello is the cream of the crop there. They're 3-0 and in that district, 4-1 uh, overall. Uh, 1A3, we've talked about this district a lot, uh, you know, just between the three of us and uh, a little bit on our four downs. Uh, that's a four-way tie for the lead now. Denver, MFL. Sumner Fredericksburg, Dyke New Hartford, and then you got AP probably sitting as the odd team out unless something happens here in the last few weeks. Um, JJ, have you been able to, um, you know, kind of see a, a superior team out of those four? Heck no. <laughs> Flip a coin. <laughs> no, I mean, serious. I mean, the results prove it, right? You know, any on any given week, that old cliche, but, you know, Sumner Fredericksburg's had a couple of really nice wins in a row here back to back and seem to be playing really good football right now. And, um, it was we. I think we all kind of wondered how MFL might respond uh, to yeah. the last couple of weeks ago. And KJ kind of talked to Coach Anderson and for our we we Ryan we you know what I'm saying rewind uh, in Sunday's paper. And you know KJ he he had to have been happy right um, with how they how they responded to a tough loss. Yeah, and that was I thought it was really interesting the way uh, Danny Anderson mentioned that. He was worried all the way through all the way through uh, the week of practice. This team still were not necessarily pouting, but they were hanging their heads. They, you know, that loss to uh, Dyke New Hartford really, really stunk. Um, or not uh, Dyke New Hartford, Sumner Fredericksburg. Yeah, really, really stunk, and you know that kind of lingered all through the week and. He said about 10 minutes before kickoff with Dyke New Hartford, that's when uh, that's when he really saw something kind of flip, that they put it behind him, and he saw the kind of fire in their eyes again. And, uh, you know, that showed some resilience, some, some maturity um, and toughness. And, you know, they even got – you know, they got punched in the mouth right away by Dyke New Hartford. Dyke New Hartford scored on, like, the second play of the game, a big 80-yard run, um, I believe. And, you know, uh, then MFL Marmack answered and took control uh, defensively. They really kind of put it to Dyke New Hartford. Um, I think uh, the second touchdown Dyke New Hart Hartford had came – uh, later in the game, maybe with about six minutes to go, um, it was against uh, uh, the reserve team. And, you know, this was uh, this was a defining moment for them, I think, a little bit to see how they would respond. And, boy, uh, any questions that Dan Anderson had about, uh, 
about that were answered probably about four four minutes into that uh, win over Dyke New Hartford, and uh, they really like how they are going forward here with Denver. Yeah, they don't uh, they don't have much time to to celebrate that win. Like you said, they they host Denver on Friday and in another big game in that district. So um, we'll go down to one A five. You know, three really good teams in that district, and uh, West Branch put itself in really good position to uh, to win that district. And they uh, with a twenty one seventeen win over Regina last week. And they go to Wilton uh, this week. And we've talked about teams that have bounced back after. Uh, slow starts and here West Branch is started 0-2 with a you know a really lopsided loss to what uh to Williamsburg and then I think they went lost a close one to Dyke um and now you know here they are and uh the win over Regina proves that they uh they sure haven't fallen very far no and I mean you have to look at it, like you said I mean that's that's two pretty tough pretty tough games to start out with uh and then there was you know, the, the whole thing with, with coach Peterson and, and, uh, you know, trying to deal with that and the new, you know, not really new coaches, uh, but you know, new voice lead voice, right. Um, as as head coach and John Hirschman and, uh, you know, that's tough. That was tough. And they really have responded and that was a huge win, uh, over Regina. And I'm not ashamed to admit that surprised me a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but it did me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Class A District Four—that's still a log jam. Uh, Maquoketa Valley North, Lynn, Starmont, East Buck are all four and one. Uh, I'll be at Delhi this week. Uh, North Lynn plays Maquoketa Valley, and you know, just another another huge game there. I don't think well, Starmont and East Buck wouldn't play each other because they've already played. So um, I think one of them must play Bellevue, which that's is. Dumb. Star okay, Honda. which is sitting Bellevue's sitting in fifth there at three and two, uh, still you know right in the race, but uh, needs to stack some wins together if they're going to be one of those four teams. Has anybody? I'm on the I'm on that Class A committee uh, as far as uh, voting, and I I really <laughs> haven't been able to put much separation between any of those four teams, and you know they've all got a pretty I mean they're all impressive but they've all got a pretty bad blemish and I'm not sure that East Buck's not the best team in there but you still got to look at 46 to nothing and uh uh you know none of those teams are in the uh in the class a uh top 10 but uh, I think once those things you know once everything sorts out somebody might make a jump you know maybe even as high as six seven eight in there so uh, have you guys been able to to find a you know a leader among that group? I I think uh, I think East Buck is probably the best team there, especially after what they did against North Lynn. Um, I'm still putting a little asterisk by the uh, Starmont game, um, the fact that they were without Hunter Bauer for that for that game. When things got out of hand, they just didn't have. Uh, a playmaker to go to 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 kind of right the ship, and that's because he was on the sideline. Um, you know, Jerry Alden was the first; he's the first one to say one player doesn't make up for forty points, and one person, you know, they were without that person and beat a really good Macoke the Valley team. Um, you know, so. 
he might kind of hedge away from that, but I still think that's the biggest difference. Um, and I think East Buck, despite that lopsided loss to Starmont, I still think East Buck's the best team out of that group. And East Buck's got the advantage among those four teams because they don't. The they've already played. They've already played everybody else. So. I would say you can just about pencil in East Buchanan for six and one. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the tiebreaker works if and when we get to that point. So, uh, yeah, Mac Valley, their schedule was heavy with, yeah. you know, Bellevue, Maquoketa Valley, Starmont, Northland, I think all within the first four weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mac Valley, they still, you know, they, they've got, uh, they've got Lance McShane. He's already got 1,500 yards rushing. And they close with North Lynn and Starmont. So if they would get, uh, you know, if they would get to six and one, they'll certainly have earned that as well. Uh, let's see, looking ahead, looking around here, Lisbon, uh, Class A District Five. I think they're the, you know, based on their win over Columbus Community, they're probably the, uh, you know, they're in charge of their own destiny. They play Danville this week, but uh, I think that uh, they're going to win that district. Uh, eight play district, yeah, eight player district five. Uh, big game in that one. Uh, Central City at five and one goes to Lone Tree, also five and one. They're both four and oh in the district. So, um, you know, that's uh, you know, the winner of that one's going to win that district. Uh, eight player district six at six, everybody's chasing Winfield Mount Union. They're four and oh. Eight player district seven, Moravia's uh, in, in charge of that one at four and oh. So, that's uh, kind of looking at um. Uh, you know, the way things stand here with, with two weeks to go. Uh, anything uh, you guys are really, um, really have your eyes on this week or next? I just, uh, I just think uh, the big one was Solon Williamsburg. I, I think that's, uh, that's probably one of those marquee games away from the, the Metro. Um, cause that's not only going to determine a lot within the district, but you know, that's really gonna be an eye opener for, for who people might expect to see in the dome, um, down the road. Yeah. And there's no, no reason to believe it's, there's not a possibility they m might both get there if they, if they're bracketed the yeah, right way. So, yeah. So JJ, who do you have Friday? Um, Let's see. I got the Colach Bowl, so I'm going to head over okay. to Sakor Bakery tomorrow afternoon. Pick up about, <laughs> pick up, uh, about a dozen, a dozen uh, uh, true Colaches and take them over and stick them in the press box. And uh, first come, first serve. And uh, I'm kidding here when I say this. I hope he takes them the right way. Jim Walker from Channel Seven, if he's there, I'm sure he's going to belly up and have at least a couple. So. <laughs> Really um, quick, what's your favorite flavor of kolach? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Cherry. I love cherry kolaches. And KJ? I know that, that's basic. How about uh, you, KJ? But, I'm actually a huge fan of uh, uh, the the lemon kolaches. Ooh. I got to try that. Yeah. I, I think like it's kind of a bastardization of kolaches uh, to have <laughs> kind of more citrusy you know i think when you look at like prune and apricot you know cherry that kind of stuff i think those are more prevalent blueberry so i think the citrusy part is maybe a bastardization of a true colach but that's my favorite i didn't know they made prune colaches 
Raspberry, raspberry kolaches are oh yeah, prune kolaches. Ooh. Very popular. All right. Believe it or not. But I think um, raspberry lemon are my two favorite. What about you, Wendy? Uh I'm an apricot guy. Apricot, yeah. That's apricot, good. you betcha. So uh any parting thoughts going in, you know, um before we head out for the day and out for the week. KJ's got a game here in a few hours and I'll be uh, up at the MVC cross country meet here in a few hours. And uh, just uh, any closing thoughts? No, it's just, uh, it's, it's been fun so far. We're really starting to get into some really uh, good matchups and, you know, the district races are all coming into to focus uh, a lot more now um, with the last third of the regular season on last two weeks for, for the smaller classes. So, uh, you know, this is a fun time of year and a lot of things are starting to really shake out. So uh, looking forward to seeing, you know, what teams continue to climb and um, what teams uh, improve here in the next couple of weeks. And just a reminder to check out all of our content on the gazette.com with uh, uh, Jeff Linder's uh, uh, capsules and rankings and, everything going forward, our four downs uh, that we do each week, JJ's uh, uh, preview features and all of our game uh, coverage. Make sure to check that out at the gazette.com. JJ, any final words? Uh, I've got a story on Animosa coming up. Uh, that will be in tomorrow's paper and later on online here. I'm in the middle of uh, midst of, of finishing that Animosa's four and two and yeah, looking pretty good for playoffs. The team that, I think won one game each the last couple of seasons, two games the year before that has only made the the playoffs as far as they can tell uh, four or five times in school history uh, and on the verge of getting there. Uh, it's a nice turnaround story there and, and a lot of underclassmen playing. So uh, that's my feature, I guess. Yeah, for, they had a really, all. really nice run about – what maybe six seven years ago uh, yeah. i think they got to the quarters that year uh yep. ran into tristan Wirfs and and those guys in the i think it was in the quarters so yeah didn't mean to interrupt kj go ahead no i have one question for you lindy you are the the king of the rpi here is west des moines valley pretty much out in 5a let me take a look at it and uh they are sitting 28th in RPI um, at one and five. If they would win out and get to four and five, they're, they're, they have no chance at three and six. And I think they still have at least one tough game left. If they would get to four and five, they might get close to the line. Um, I, I, I'd have to do a lot of number crunching to see if they'd have a shot. I wouldn't count them out. Isn't that crazy though? I mean, yeah. that program and you know, they've, they've played an un, unreal schedule as far as toughness. Uh, all the biggies out there in suburban Des Moines, but they haven't won. They haven't beat any of them. So, no. you know, uh, that's a quality football team that could be sitting out <laughs> once the playoffs roll around, I guess. Yeah. They got Waterloo West, Ankeny and Marshalltown. So, you okay. know, I, I would say they probably have two gimmies plus Ankeny in the middle, which is probably a, another central Iowa coin flip game. So if they could get to four wins, maybe. And if, you know, if they're sitting at four and five and, and uh, you know, they're a 15 or 16 seed, is that really somebody you want to see first round? 
I don't think so. So, all right. Well, we'll close close up shop for tonight, uh, today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Week seven, enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the games tomorrow. And we'll be right back at you in seven days. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.